Hi guys, welcome back to the Average Pundits podcast, your home of all things Premier League. The last episode I was unfortunately not here for. I've been living under a rock for a little bit of time. <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been living under an assumed name, somewhere hot, somewhere away from the UK. Uh, but I'm back now. I've, um, I've come to terms with it. It was a well-deserved title win. Um, I definitely know a co-host of mine who would be pretty happy about that. Uh, as always, I'm with Reese. How are you doing, Reese? How are we doing? Uh, coincidentally, I'm actually wearing my Liverpool top right now. So, uh, you know, we're still celebrating, even though we did get hammered by Man City. But, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we we move on and uh, all spirits are good right now. It's, it's, it's good to have you back. Uh, you know, thanks for uh, thanks to Phantom Fleet's George for filling in last week. Uh, I really enjoyed having him on. And, uh, yeah, it's good to good to get you back, partner. Yeah, George had a really good, uh, really good episode last week. So a big thank you to him. And uh, I think it's only fitting this week we come back with a Manchester United episode. <laughs> we have <laughs> a really, a really interesting topic for you guys today. Obviously, Manchester United are a team in very, very good form at the moment. So I'm sure we will have some interesting things to say about Manchester United. Uh, in you know, kind of world football at the moment. Um, Right now, it's kind of a race. It has been for the, for the last few years now for European football amongst all of the top leagues. That's currently one of the battles which we're which we're facing at the moment. With, with Liverpool having won the title and Manchester City looking to finish quite comfortably third, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You know, these are all positions that are up for debate. Also, with Manchester City uh, having a two-year ban from the Champions League, that could make things a little bit more interesting as well. So, first things first, Reese. I just want to say, this top four battle, how do you think it's going to shape out? Uh, well, you've got the top two positions sorted pretty pretty standard. Uh, and then I think you've got, for the, you know, the other two positions, you've got uh, Chelsea, Leicester, and also Manchester United fighting for it. I don't think you've got a lot of other teams. Maybe Wolves, but... Um, I think I think they're they're a bit by the wayside at the moment. Uh, their form is kind of dipping. That loss to to Arsenal kind of hindered their uh, chances of, of potentially making uh, that top four position. Um, Leicester's dip in form as well is kind of showing signs of their collapse. And uh, I mean, if Chelsea are doing this well right now, how well can they be doing next season? So uh, I think it's only a matter of time before we do find out. There's five games at the time of recording. That we are that we have remaining to play, and um, well, at this point, you know, with, with this episode being about Manchester United, I can definitely see them pushing for pushing for the top four, maybe even third, you know, uh, and beyond, just behind Manchester City. But uh, again, we'll uh, only time will tell. It does seem to be going that way, you know, this run of form that we're in. It, it's something which we haven't seen in this kind of you know, this kind of platform for quite a while. I mean, obviously, because there are so many densely packed Premier League games, we aren't uh, religiously covering every single result as we used to earlier on in the season, uh, simply because, you know, there's so much going on. We want to make sure we get interesting topics out for you. But today, yeah, like like uh, we've said, we are having a deep dive into Manchester United and currently a Manchester United side on a very, very impressive winning streak. Um, at the moment, I'm not sure who it's going to be who can stop us. You know, our remaining games, the toughest we've competitors we've got in the Premier League is Leicester. We've got Chelsea in the FA Cup, but Leicester is the last remaining game, which I feel like could really give us a bit of trouble. And honestly, you know, have seen the performances. The most recent performance that we can talk about in depth is the 5-2 win against Bournemouth. 
Oh my god, you know, apart from a couple of defensive errors, I think we were completely on the money in that game from all angles of the pitch. Um, but, you know, one person in that game shone incredibly against the others, and that's even shining above some absolutely incredible goals scored, and that's Mason Greenwood. Reese, what a talent. Uh, Mason Greenwood has been someone on my radar for, for quite a few years, to be honest, and it, it was only a matter of time before he was in the the starting lineup and it's definitely something that Manchester United fans can get excited about um we discussed this uh you know off air and, and you know in the sorts but um i proposed you know a Manchester United front three where they're all forwards no one's a winger they all play obviously they, there's going to be three up there so one's going to be pushed out slightly wider than the other but with greenwood's left i mean you can shoot with either foot so him coming off the side at any point would be insane. I know either Martial or Rashford playing in the middle and then someone slightly veering off left. But I think those three, in particular Greenwood, would flourish in this team. You know, the creativity of Bruno Fernandes setting up, you know, Robin Van Persie-esque. Mason Greenwood, I would compare to Robin Van Persie if he had blistering pace, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of being able to use both feet certainly Manchester United haven't seen a player like that since Van Persie's departure because he was you know kind of an all-around you know but both feet merchant with scoring goals all over the pitch so it's interesting to see that it's, it's a really valuable thing to have at a club because it's not often you get somebody who is that well versed in scoring goals with both feet so um like, like you said I mean I think I'm I, that attribute I think is almost invaluable so it's something that Manchester United would be good to utilize uh, at the moment Mason Greenwood is currently being deployed most frequently on that right wing position which has been a position up for debate for a, god knows how long at Manchester United now it's been a very very highly contested place and we've tried all sorts of options there we've tried Juan Mata we've tried Jesse Lingard uh, we've tried Rashford himself, you know, occasionally Martial would drift over to the right as well. And now Mason Greenwood's come in and he seems to be doing quite a quite a decent job there. And at the moment, his uh, rival for that starting spot is uh, Dan James, who came out, you know, all guns blazing at the start of the season, but has kind of like slipped under the radar a little bit afterwards. And he, his performances haven't been as top notch as they once were. So, I mean, in terms of that battle at the moment, if Greenwood keeps scoring the goals he's scoring, I think he's solidified that right wing position. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Daniel James, Kate, you know, he, he was all the rage at the beginning of the season. Oh, my God, he's so quick. He can win so many fouls. Uh, he did come under a lot of criticism for diving at the, at the early start stages of the, of the season. But then uh, his momentum really died off and we sort of see in the player that he is. And he's nothing more than really bang average, if, if I'm honest. So I, I don't think that there's a lot of, uh, a bit, you know, big enough ceiling for Dan James. And I might come to eat my words in the next, you know, in the coming uh, years, but uh, Dan James is someone that I can see that is easily replaceable. He's a good, you know, player to come off the bench. He gives United a load of options where, you know, with with pace down that right right hand side if if someone's in need of a break. But um, if Greenwood is okay playing slightly off right for for that Manchester United front three and you know turning in and 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 turn you know putting a putting a a ball your top top left of the goal you know for, from the right hand side of the box, I think that that can be. Uh, Greenwood's new uh, calling. Uh, you know, I, th I think that Dan James's time might be up. I think 
what I, what I would like to see, depending on what happens in the summer, I'd like to see him have a little loan move somewhere. I think that would be good for him. He's right now. The one thing which does baffle me is I, I want to know what a lot of people thought he was going to be. He was a fifteen million pound signing from Championship side Swansea. You know, he, he he everyone knew he had pace. You know, he had a couple of eyes for goals, but he was playing off the wing most of the time. Um, more more as a right midfielder as opposed to pressing really high up the pitch, but. Everyone knew that he did have the pace there, which I think is what Manchester United wanted because a lot of clubs do have that pace merchant on the bench, which you can bring on late into a game. And literally his job is to run. His job is to completely run up the pitch. And obviously, you know, he can win a couple of fouls. You know, he, he's, he's a smaller, smaller stature player. So I think he can win a couple of fouls. But that is his, you know, his kind of like unique element. So I think what we've got for him... It, it, I think he was a good price. I think he is a complete substitute player. You know, he's someone you bring off the bench and he's someone who would do a job for you. But a little low move away from him could, you know, kind of progress him even further, especially with Greenwood having so highly occupied, you know, that role currently. I mean, in 26 appearances in the Premier League, uh, 19 of those being off the subs bench. So not very many starting at all. He's achieved eight goals in 26 games. Yeah, I hate to do it to you, Reese, but I'm going to have to compare it to the uh, the Liverpool Liverpool top dog, uh, Roberto Firmino. In 33 appearances for Roberto Firmino, three of those only being off the subs bench, he has also had eight goals. Um, I mean, as the leading man for Liverpool, I mean, obviously you've got a, a trio of goal scorers up there, and there's a kid, you know, who's spent most of his season coming off the bench, you know. Slightly going off topic, but maybe, maybe Firmino maybe isn't this season, you know, the top dog. Oh no, I don't think Firmino positions himself as you know that that top dog. He does take a back seat very often, but um, a lot of people do like to to give him criticism. And I mean, he he, he shouldn't have the label as as a striker. I I always said that we should be going after Timo Werner and putting Firmino into a creative role because he he is valuable for assists and he is valuable for 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 spreading the play. And that would be where Timo Werner came in to the to to the squad and add a few more goals. Yes, we have. Uh, Mane and Salah that have you know all the goals and and they and they produce pr- produce a lot of the chances. But uh, Firmino has had a lot of shots this season that just haven't gone in. Uh, and th- that to me was 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 a shocking statistic. Yes, he hasn't scored a lot, but he has had the chances. That's the thing. He's he hasn't been great this. I mean, he's been great off the ball uh, and, and creating chances, but uh, when he's had the ball, he hasn't been the greatest. Yeah, I think um, obviously we have drifted a little bit off top of that talking about talking about Liverpool, but I think when there are younger players, maybe you know, as a comparison point, because he is your lead striker, that's what he is. I mean, he he may not, you know, a lot of Liverpool fans say that you know, he doesn't necessarily fit that mold, and you know, he's very unique and he's very abstract and everything. But when there is a striker who is out there who's significantly younger and coming off the bench, who is putting a lot of good stints in. I think it's definitely important to to have a look and, and see what, what's occurring there. Um, but drifting back onto Manchester United, going back to the other attackers we do have at the club, uh, Anthony Martial uh, recording his best tally in uh, English football since uh, he joined the club uh, after Louis van Gaal signed him in, I believe, 2014. 
um, uh, that 2015 rather, it was the 2015-16 season, and he came in for the 54 million uh, pound fee. And this season, in 27 appearances, he's got 15 goals and three assists, which is pre- a pretty impressive turnout. You know, I, I, I don't think he's going to be winning the Golden Boot, but I, I certainly think this was a way more positive season for Martial. He's always been somebody quite highly debated, you know. So I, I'm happy to see, you know, a, a good a good performance from him this season. Yeah, Martial is one of those players that you know, just despite the team that he plays for, I don't actually, I don't actually mind him. He did score against us on his debut, and Martin Tyler gave that. Uh, welcome to Manchester. Yeah, 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 yada yada yada. Um, Martial is one of those players. He, he is good on the ball. He's a fantastic player when he's on his day. He was a bit missing at the start of this rest, uh, the Premier League restart. So uh, Martial is is definitely a player that's coming to his own this season, especially in the last stages of this restart and. Uh, his goal tally kind of kind of shows that he got a hat trick, the first hat trick since Robin van Persie uh, back in 2014, which is a, a you know a great achievement for for the young Frenchman. And uh, the only way is up, to be honest, in the in this United team, if he stays there or if he if he seeks greater pastures. Yeah, I think he he's always been somebody who has who has had the potential to maybe a big money move come in but i think the consistency where it's been lacking over the years and having him consistently perform at this top level that's what's holding and you, you know I, I want i want to keep him manchester united as, as as much as i can and i feel like we, we are still the right place for him um but it's only now that we've had you know the the the, the ability to kind of provide him with with the play which he deserves to be playing for some reason you know we've had so much trial and error but we've seemed to kind of get a little formula which is working. Um, his counterpart, Marcus Rashford, um, if you haven't listened to our uh, previous podcast on Marcus Rashford, uh, we did talk about him potentially being Sports Personality of the Year for his amazing charity work during lockdown. Uh, but Rashford, you know, again, 26 appearances, 15 goals and seven assists. So another example of, of, of a, a great kind of forward-thinking player. And in my opinion, I think, you know, with Raheem Sterling's uh, slight lull this season, hasn't been as good as he was last season. I think for the England Euro squad, I think Marcus Rashford may have that spot solidified, Reese. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that Rashford is someone that's got to be an integral part of that team. You know, when Harry Kane isn't scoring, then Martial, uh, not Martial, then Rashford can be there uh, to support and, and give fire where where it's needed, alongside you know the other uh, other attackers that are going in the likes of uh, Raheem Sterling and, and Jadon Sancho, which we probably will get onto in a in, in a in a last stage of this podcast. But um, I think Mar- um, Marcus Rashford. Uh, yeah, whilst he has taken a backseat this year, I think that like Martial, the only way is up for him. He's 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 provided a lot of important moments at the club, and I think that uh, as a, as a, as a player, I think he could be one of the one of the United legends for the future as well. Yeah, I think he's he's on a kind of a direct path to the, those kind of record books, especially being a, a kid from the academy as well and being from the city. Um, again. I think so since since lockdown has has, has come out, uh, it's been a while since until he got that goal. He obviously he got, he got it during Bournemouth from the penalty. Uh, it wasn't the best penalty, but I think maybe now that he's got that goal, he'll be able to find a few more. Um, somebody else who come back from injury um, after this lockdown period and start to uh, put in some decent performances is Paul Pogba. Uh, again, probably one of the most highly debated, if not highly debated, players in the world. And that's my honest opinion. You know, he, uh, he he has a target on his back. He's a controversial guy, but 
when you cost a lot of money, when you were a little bit eccentric, you're always going to have a target on your back. So sometimes I feel for Pogba, sometimes I don't. He, a lot of time he creates the, the, the problems himself, but I definitely think he's someone who does deserve world-class status, and he, he 100% benefits United, and I honestly think he's staying now. I don't think anyone is currently in the position to get him away from the club. I think maybe next season will be the, the year we see him go, but I feel like one a good indication you can always tell with Pogba on how he's feeling is how much stuff he posts on social media with him wearing the Manchester United shirt. <laughs> that, is, that is the God's honest truth. When he's in a good mood and when we're in a good run of form, he's posting stuff every other day wearing the United shirt. He's posting training pictures with, with different you know people from the club. He's, he's laughing and joking with his teammates, which is what you want to see. But it only ever seems to be when we're in a good run of form. And, and a lot of the time, you know, so it should be, you know, if you're if you're not in good form, you shouldn't be, you know, expressing stuff over social media much. But if social media content when we're not in good form doesn't necessarily lessen, it's just less <laughs> about the club. Um, but at the moment, it seems to be that he is in very good form, probably because of a certain uh, Portuguese midfielder who he is currently lined up with. But you know, this season for Paul Pogba, only 11 appearances in total in the Premier League due to injury. And he's had four assists in 11 appearances. It's not, you know, it's not the best. It's not the worst. Um, I think he maybe has a little bit more to offer us um, in, the, in, in the games coming, you know, to end the season on a positive. But as I mentioned, it is his counterpart, Bruno Fernandes, who uh, who currently has uh, the, the English football world alight. Nine appearances, six goals and five assists. Are, are you going to join me in just confessing your love for him because he is just brilliant? I mean, he's a good player. I'm not going to say I love him because he's on the opposite team, but um, I, I will you know, credit is due for, for, for the Portuguese mastermind. And what I mean, what a player he is. I didn't think he was going to light the world on fire as, as good as he did. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm wrong because he is a fantastic player to watch, watching you know, the, the Manchester, uh, Manchester United games live. And seeing his style of play is really... He's flourishing in this United team, as you say. Eleven goal contributions in nine appearances. That that's that's amazing to to, to see of you know to come in and implement his talents so quickly into this team and and be such a mo- your role model for for the rest of the team. It's it definitely is. needed after it is uh, it is after massive. a lot of mediocre midfielders. Um. I think uh, as well, just before joining the club, his um, stats in the Liga Nos just before he joined, 17 appearances and 15 goal contributions in the Europa League, eight appearances and surprisingly 10 contributions. Very impressive turnout there. Um, he also, you know, he's had a couple of appearances in the FA Cup. Not too much to say in the FA Cup yet, but we're still uh, in the running against Chelsea fairly soon. But I would honestly go out on a limb and say I have never seen a single signing change the dynamic of a club so much in I I have no idea how long. He he has come in and he has been absolutely brilliant. The only other one which possibly I may liken it to is after Leicester winning the league and Chelsea signing Kante. Obviously, Chelsea won the season that year with Kante, and I think Kante was very instrumental in, in, in how strong they were that season. But apart from N'Golo Kante in the Premier League, I don't think I've seen this much of a difference in a very, very long time. No, uh, Bruno Fernandes has come in and completely changed the dynamic of the team. I think it's something that Oli needed uh, to stay you know, within a, within a chance of keeping his job. So uh, it was good for, for, for Oli to, to, to keep this man in and. I think that 
Um, yeah, I, th- I do think you're right. Not not someone that I mean, not one person anyways has come into a team and changed it so much. I, I don't think that's the case with with Liverpool. I guess Kante was exactly that at Chelsea, but Bruno Fernandes has definitely made a big change. Uh, one other player which I think deserves a little bit of credit before we start talking about um, some potential business for the summer this season is uh, Nemanja Matic. Nemanja Matic has just put pen to paper with United and has signed a deal till 2023, which was something I wasn't necessarily expecting because, I mean, last season, a lot of mediocre performances led me to think he was done at the club and he, he'd had his time in the Premier League. But this season, the performances he has put in, in the Premier League, only 16 appearances, but the performances he has put in, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. So I'm more than happy to see him at the club now. I mean, it, the thought of a player retiring at your club is always pretty humbling. Um, and, you know, Matic has been here since 2017 now. So, you know, three years already with us. And, you know, a nice six-year stint is a, is a good way to kind of go out on a high maybe. So it, it, it could be, you know, he finishes his, his career with us. But I also do not think he's necessarily the man to start every game. Um I think the appearances he has done have been really good because he's been on a bit of a rotational basis. We've also got um, McTominay and Fred at the club. Fred's had a brilliant season. A lot of impressive performances from McTominay when he hasn't been injured. Um, our midfield's looking extremely strong, but I think the one of the first bits of transfer business that need to be done this summer for Manchester United is to sign a younger, fitter defensive midfielder. And there are a few options out there. Um, my personal favourites would be Thomas Partey from Atletico and Wilfred Ndidi from Leicester. But realism, from the from the from especially the Leicester end, is probably not going to happen. But Partey, I think, might be there to go and get. Um, Reese having an anchor like um, like an N'Golo Kante in a team, I feel that that could be you know the start of a really, really solidified midfield. Do you think someone of the calibre of Thomas Partey or Ndidi would be enough to carry United forward? Yeah, definitely. With what I've seen of Thomas Partey playing to get you know, in the, in that in that win against Liverpool in the Champions League, I think that this could be something that Manchester United need, especially with the help that Matic has provided with you know with his limited minutes and and then coming on to be the player that he is. So I think that a guy like Partey could really you know, invite a title challenge next season for. Uh, for, for Manchester United, and I think Partey, you know, he's, he's really good on the ball. Uh, he's quick as well, so I think that definitely, I, I, I think Partey could be a dangerous addition to, to Manchester United, and I think that's something that the rest of the Premier League uh, title contenders should fear. Yeah, I think the three most heavily, you know, like contested areas at the moment for United have been that DM slot, certainly the right wing, um, which we will talk about in a minute, and then also our defensive areas as well. Um, one of the main criticisms during our um, good run of form has been a couple of defensive errors at the back from uh, David De Gea, Luke Shaw and uh, Harry Maguire mainly. I think those are the three people that I've heard the most talk about. Um, Harry Maguire, we invested the money in. I'm perfectly happy with Maguire. I th- again, I think the, the criticism he gets a lot of the time is unjust. I think, you know, he made a couple of, of really bad mistakes, but so do a lot of defenders but you're not uh, when you're a defender who plays for Manchester United you're one of the people who plays in the England bat line obviously you have a lot more pressure on you so give it a bit of time I think Harry will find his foot in in his first season I think he should be immensely proud of what he has come in and achieved especially as our as our club captain as well uh, Luke Shaw I'd love to know your opinion on Luke Shaw because I think since he's come back from lockdown I think he's put up more good performances than he has bad 
He's got Brandon Williams hot on his heels, you know, p- putting in some really good performances. Um, I think if the right amount of money came in, I'd be happy to let him go or the right move for him came about because I think I, I still want the best for him as a player. If it wasn't for that injury in the Champions League against PSV, who knows what he could have achieved. But that is was certainly what has hindered his development. Um, it was impressive he even came back from that. But I feel like a, a left-back reinforcement is something which potentially we could be looking at. And with Chilwell looking to probably be going to Chelsea, if we, if all stories are believed, which would have been my personal choice, I'm not sure who else out there would fit the mould. Uh, do you have any recommendations, Reese? Um, my mind immediately goes to uh, the Argentinian left-back that plays for Ajax currently, uh, Tagliafico. Uh, he's been playing phenomenally in the Eredivisie, and um, I think that he's probably one of the better players in that league as well. So a lot of good players do come from Ajax and, and the Dutch league. So um, I think it's only a matter of time before Manchester United are in need of a left-back solution. I think Brandon Williams is way too young at the moment, and I also think that uh, Luke Shaw is bang average. Uh, I, I don't know whether you think that or not, but I just think that he's not good enough to fill. You know, play for a team as big as Manchester United that should be, uh, you know, they that they should be challenging for titles, not you know contending in, you know for the for the Europa League. So, I think with the 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 left back position, you can also go for Grimaldo, who plays uh, in the, in Liga Nos. Uh, or you could, uh, or, I mean, th- there are plenty of options. I mean, Chilwell could in fact stay. You know, on course and, and and go to go to Manchester United. He might not go to Chelsea in the end, but uh, there are plenty of left back options. And I think oh, Alex Tellers as well, the Brazilian uh, national for, for for Porto. He's a there's a, there's a lot of options out there that Manchester United could go for, and they're not like too old. And you know, they're 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 the right age to come into a team and make a difference. Yeah, I feel like at the moment the standard that we're currently looking towards is um, Andy Robertson at Liverpool and also Alfonso Davies at Bayern Munich, who has embodied that role extremely well this season. I think he's been somebody that is 100% worth noting. Um, but right now, in my opinion, fullbacks are also one of the hardest positions to find because I feel like once a club has a good attacking or a good defensive fullback, they will hold on to them for dear life. So Luke Shaw, in my opinion, I do agree with you. I don't think he's anything more than average at the moment. Um, he's safe. Which is, you know, I think a lot of what a lot of clubs have at the fullback position at the moment. Uh, the two most prominent left backs in the league, I'd say at the moment, are probably Chilwell and then I'd say Robertson and those two probably occupy the top roles. Lucas Dinier at Leverton is maybe at, the, at that third spot, but um, doing doing business with any other club in the Premier League, they're always going to push the price up. So I think potentially looking outside the league for us, but I don't know if a left-back posi- the left back position is going to be prioritised this season, especially when you have Brandon Williams coming up and you also have Delos of the club who can play at either right uh, right or left-back position. So I I would also really like to see some more from Delo. He's someone I hope sticks around. Uh, but the one position which um, I think is causing the most... Uh, the most talk in the media is the right wing position. Obviously Greenwood doing a great job there. Dan James possibly needing to put the, uh, put the boosters on a little bit more, but the name we are constantly being linked to in the media, in all the major news outlets or major sport news outlets is Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. In my opinion, it sounds right. In my opinion, it's the kind of move, which I feel like would benefit us quite a lot. It's there's a risk element of risk there. 
he's very young so i feel like you know when, when you are a young player you still have a lot of time to kind of like adapt and fit the mold of a new league i think it becomes a lot harder when you when you get older but i feel like if he's going to come to the premier league it's either going to be us or i've got a weird feeling chelsea are going to throw something in the ring for him um liverpool would be i think the most you know fitting destination for him just based on everything that's going on but out of constant conversations I've had with Liverpool fans, they do not think that is going to occur, which is, um, you know, I feel like anyone who is in a position to go for him should go for him. I think he's a very, very good talent. But um, Jaden Sancho to Manchester United, Reese, can you see this one happening? Uh, yeah, I can if they want to sign him. That's the thing. If they want to pull the money out and sign him, then definitely. Uh, there have been, you know, certain reports that have said that Manchester United might not be interested because of the price tag and they're not willing to spend over, I think it's about 50 million, which to be honest, wouldn't get you, uh, it, w- it wouldn't get you Daniel James at this point, you know, that, or I think, I think it's about Adama Traore that they're looking to uh, value at about 50 million. So James Sancho is definitely a step above because he can finish um, w- you know, with the ball. And I think a player like James Sancho could definitely change uh, Manchester United up. But I think then that gives a bit of worry to guys like Mason Greenwood and 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 you know those those players that are maybe strikers but are willing to go out to the wings and I think that if you if you bring him in does that make the morale of the of the of certain players go down or I mean it would definitely annoy Manchester City fans for sure because he came through their academy uh, I think that that would be their ideal uh, scenario for him to to go back to City. Uh, uh, would he end up at another club like Liverpool? I mean, if we're willing to play Salah up front and then put um, and then put Sancho on the right, yeah, definitely. Um, could he go to Chelsea? Uh, potentially, a potential German league uh, link up with with Timo Werner. I could see that happening as well. So, I think I think there's a number of de- destinations that that Jane Sancho could end up in. Uh, definitely not Arsenal or Spurs because they're woeful. Uh, sorry, Spurs fans uh, and Arsenal fans. I mean, to be fair, Arsenal fans are used to it by now. They're they're absolutely rubbish. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah, Manchester United does seem a good fit, but it's uh, again, it's willing. It's if they're willing to to pull out the bag of uh, of cash. Yeah, that is the the thing which is going to halt a lot of people. Um, obviously, at the moment, some some sources are saying you know clubs don't have as much money due to all of the COVID nineteen stuff you know halting the league and you know a lot of fees not coming in maybe when they needed to and a bit more money needing to be paid out um i personally don't think it's really going to affect things that much especially when you've got clubs like chelsea who are already paying through the nose for players um and you're seeing you know across europe like certain signings that are already kind of starting to you know have the cogs turning a couple of players have already been signed for certain clubs i think that if he's going to go anywhere i think united are leading the race I think a lot of it will depend on if we have a positive finish to the season. Um, I feel like a summer where we sign Jaden Sancho, where we sign a competent DM and potentially get another defensive reinforcement, whether that be um, another centre-back. Nathan Ake has been somebody who's been linked with us, who I am extremely interested in signing. I think he's a very valuable player to come off the bench. Um or potentially, you know, like I said, another left-back position, I think we will be in a, in one of the most positive kind of dynamics we've been in since Ferguson left. We've had little pockets during Van Gaal. We've had uh, Mourinho's kind of first, second season at the club, you know, that, you know, doing pretty decent. But 
and this is the first time where I feel like we've had this real momentum behind this. And I I honestly think you have to credit Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think you really do have to. His ruthlessness, ever since joining as an interim manager, you know, he, we saw a few players leave the club. We saw Fellaini go out the door. We saw, you know, some a lot more decisive decisions on the pitch, a lot more attacking football being played early on, which I think is definitely what led him to getting that manager position secured. Um, a major criticism about him is that a lot of people still don't think he's the man for the job. Um, I think with a season of Champions League football back with him, you know, we can recreate like, for like that night against PSG. You know, if we can recreate some of that magic, I think we could have a, a really positive kind of a display in Europe amongst amongst the rest of the European elites. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I honestly do think you have to credit him. Reese, do you reckon he's going to stick around at the club or do you reckon a couple of the other top league managers are starting to prick up their ears with the potential of maybe going to Manchester United? Uh, you'd be stupid to get rid of him because uh, I think, we, as, we, as we probably discussed on this podcast uh, uh, as well, uh, Manchester United have been that team that have struggled because of the amount of managers they've had since Alex Ferguson. And if you sack this manager, you're going to have even more troubles because there's going to be even more styles of play to learn, which would halt the uh, progression of players like Brandon Williams and Mason Greenwood. They are learning under this manager right now. And to get rid of this manager right now is foolish. And if any United fan wants Ollie to go, they are foolish and they don't know what's best for their club. Uh, the only person that knows what's best for the club at the moment is Ole in the board. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is probably clued in right now. He's got his team. He has what he wants in mind for this summer. He, wa- he has what he wants in mind for next year's season. He's pushing for top four because he knows that the United fans want Champions League football. That's where they should be. That They should be playing Tuesday and Wednesday nights, not Thursday nights. They shouldn't be playing, you know, the, the teams that were playing last season in the Europa League. They should be playing against Juventus, PSG. They should be playing against these top te- top level teams because that's what they are. In name, Manchester United are a top level team. And Manchester United fans, if you want that, keep your manager for a good, you know, a good three years and you can be challenging for the top, for the for the for the Champions League again. You can be challenging for the Premier League title again. It's it's ludicrous to think that some United fans would want Ole gone and think that a manager like Allegri would change it. No, it would only halt progress. Bringing in Van Hal, who was a, a world class manager before, came in and absolutely flopped. Mourinho had two decent years, but then you know went off the third year. So I think. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer just needs time to develop his players, develop a rapport with the players, and make sure that he can deliver them, uh, deliver them back to the promised land. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, that was it. Pretty much summed everything up. I was thinking there. He right now is 100% the man which I want at the club. He may not have been what we expected to get. A lot of people were saying Pochettino was available, and and Pochettino, you know, would still be an absolutely brilliant manager. I think, in my opinion, at the club, but. This is Ollie's rebuild and everything so far that, that he has done, all of the good performances right now, he should be proud of. He is the one who is starting to, you know, see some progress, you know, in, in, in the kind of performances we're making. I think in the summer transfer window, we're in it, we're, we're, especially with Manchester City not being competing in Europe as well. We have a golden ticket and we really, really need to take an opportunity. Now we need to take a risk, we need to take a gamble and we need to go, you know, calculated moves in the summer and we need to throw absolutely everything we've got into our performances next season i certainly think liverpool is still the standard to beat 
but there is nothing saying that we can't give them a run for their money and we can't be hot on their heels. So next season, I think, is going to be a very, very interesting one. Whether it will be behind closed doors, we're not too sure. Whether European competitions go forward as we remember them, we're not sure. It's going to be, you know, a lot of stuff up in the air. But hopefully in the coming weeks, uh, coming months, we're going to get some answers and we have a lot more football to look forward to next season. But as always, thank you very much, Reese, for joining me on this episode. As always, it's it's good to have you back, partner. It was a uh, it felt it felt weird not having you there, but I mean I couldn't contact you like uh, as we've seen on our social medias. You can get us uh, on our Instagram at Average Pundits, Twitter Pundits Average, and our Facebook the Average Pundits, our business email the Average Pundits Outlook dot com. Uh, you know, you, everyone could see that I couldn't contact you. I tried ringing you after we won the title, and no answer. I tried looking for you absolutely everywhere, and here you are out of the blue. It's been a week, so uh, I'm I'm glad that you're back. Yeah, the the signal where I was, it it wasn't that good, and obviously you have to you you you're the Wi-Fi, you have to pay, and then yeah. there's texting, and you, you you know there's a there's a lot of different factors, you know. You gotta <laughs> but um, I am back now. I have come to come to conclusion, you know. Liverpool have won the league, and I've <laughs> you're not going to be there in ten years. Don't worry. <laughs> I've made my peace. But um, we will have a lot more interesting content coming out for you in the weeks to come. Um, as Reese said, please do get a hold of us on our social media platforms. Stream us on your favourite streaming services as well. And you can watch uh, all of the episodes we've recorded since the start of the season on our YouTube channel as well. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. We will be back next week and we will see you next time. 